Hi there. Thank you so much again for listening. This is Queer Sounds. My name is Hannah. My pronouns are they, them. You are tuned into a podcast on Queer Folks Favorite Tunes. Damn, stumbling over my words already. This is going to be great. But for real, though, it is going to be great because today's guest, um, all the way from Vietnam, it's Zoe or should I call you by a different name? Because I'm not entirely sure wha- how to pronounce Zhuang. I think that's it, right? That is so not it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> right, so my uh, name is Ziu uh, Anh, a Vietnamese name. And um, I mean, you could try, but like, in case you don't want to butcher it, then you can just call me Zoe, that's fine. My pronouns are she, they. I mean, I've already butchered it, so I'm glad that's out of the way. Why um, why did you decide to go by a different name? Like, just to make it easier on the white folks? Or is there something deeper at play here? Uh, yeah, it is to make it more convenient for the white folks to... And to... You know, I don't... I don't want to hear my my name and especially my language like butchered by by you guys. I'm sorry, um, but there's also this like uh, I I have a different accent when I speak English and I have another one when I speak Vietnamese, right? And when I say something like "Hello, my name is Zio Anh," I would have to like change my accent mid-sentence and that is just kind of weird so yeah, i can just say my name is zoe and i'm fine with that all right yeah it's kind of like um the awkward way um loan words work like if there is a german word in english and it just kind of feels weird to have an entire conversation like this and then say schadenfreude as if nothing's going on so how did you how did you end up with the name zoe I honestly don't remember, but uh, my first memory of it is so when I was younger, like a little younger than I should be, I volunteered for this website it's called Seven Cups of Tea, where uh, yeah, basically I volunteered to be a listener, which means I got online and I listened to people who needed someone uh, listening to them, and... Uh, yeah, it was mostly foreigners, so I, I, I kind of needed a foreign name to make it, like, not just more convenient, but also more friendly for people. So, and I just went with Zoe. I, I, I don't remember how I got there, but that's my first memory of using that name, I think. And then from there, how do you decide on a spelling? Uh, this, uh, the original spelling was, uh, Z-O-E-Y, yeah, and, uh, about two years ago, I, I, uh, met this, uh, Canadian artist, and, um, when I met him, I, I told him my name is Zoe, and, uh, he called me Zoe, but then it wasn't until, like, several months later when he was about to leave Vietnam and he sent me something like an email or text I'm not I'm not I I don't remember and uh, I saw that in that uh, file in like in the file he sent me my name was spelled as Z-O-E with a little tone mark on the E or on the O I'm not sure 
but yeah i think i think that looks cute and i just went with it i i think i like that name better i like that spelling better sure yeah that makes sense um it also has like something very queer about you know going on a little adventure discovering new names to go by um is that also how you experience it like is that um do you feel like there is something queer about changing your name and just kind of experimenting with how you want to be called when you're out in the world the story about experimenting with names and trying out different names for yourself i i actually do have a, a, a story about that but it has nothing to do with zoe actually it has more to do with my vietnamese name all right well i think it's a good idea to save that for uh for a little bit later then um something completely different what's the last movie you watched that i like my most recent memory is this movie i watched with a friend in an outside in an outdoors uh, cinema but we didn't finish it it was too boring and too probably too heterosexual for us <laughs> so we dropped it but that is my most recent memory all right um well to make this segue even more forced than it already is here is a song from a movie um it's from the 2012 one piece film z soundtrack avril lavigne how you remind me never made it as a wise man i couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing tired of living like a blind man I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling This is how you remind me This is how you remind me of the eyes So, How You Remind Me by Avril Lavigne, originally, of course, a Nickelback song. Yes, they were dating at the time. I'm not entirely sure if they were already married, um, Chet Kruger and Avril Lavigne. But, you know, um, it sounds like a very 2012 thing. Um, you mentioned about Avril Lavigne that you got introduced to this song 
by your gay awakening. What does that mean? She was、uh, a close friend. We met when I was fourteen or fifteen. I was in ninth grade, and I felt hard. I felt so hard. Oh my god! Like I had, like I had, I had had a few crushes before her, like middle school crushes. But, but like I don't know the the feelings that I had for her. It was it was insane. I remember writing in my diary that I don't think I have ever felt so much about someone's smile. I think. Oh. Yeah. That's adorable. It is. She's my gay <laughs> awakening. She got me here. How did you react, like when you're all of a sudden、um, exposed to big, strong emotions? I can imagine that that could either invoke a large sense of euphoria and like fuck yeah, this is what it is, but on the other hand, like also a lot of fear and. You know the sense of being overwhelmed by what the fuck's going on. How how was it for you? I feel like I have some kind of selective memory over this. Like when I think of her and what I and and the feelings I had for her back then, I think of like butterflies and passion and 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 stuff like that. Not the oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with me part. You know that. I must have felt that way. I think I did, but that part of the gay awakening it didn't stick as hard as the、right. "she is so beautiful" part. You know, what role does Avril Lavigne play in this? Like, in what context did you first listen to her?、Um, was that also like "quote unquote" your song together? What's What's the bigger picture here? The the picture was she was a huge fan of April Lavigne and I,、uh, being the young naive me in ninth grade, I had never listened to rock music before. I had never thought that it was something that I can that I could enjoy. And then she, well, I didn't think that girls are something I could enjoy either, and here I am. <laughs> so uh, she uh, she introduced.、Uh, Avril Lavigne to me. I'm sorry. What was the question again? In what context did Avril Lavigne come up? I don't know. She she just she was a huge fan and and she influenced in influenced me. I I guess it's not like you were on a date or something, or you had a very romantic moment with Avril Lavigne playing in the distance. I wish I had a date. I wish. Oh, are you still friends? Yeah, we. <laughs> She's actually、uh, my closest friend. Did you tell her about your gay awakening? <laughs> yeah, she she knows. Like、uh, we went to、uh, secondary school together, and then we also went to high school together. And I didn't tell her about it until、uh, the end of high school. You know, I I, I wrote something for her in her、uh, what is it called yearbook. And then I,、uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote something for her in her yearbook and confessed it. And then she said she already knew, like, like she, she sensed it, like she kind of had an idea. I mean, 
and she thought it wasn't that big of a deal. All right. Not for her. Um, so yeah, we we're friends now. The introduction to Afro Levine, you also mentioned um, as a formative uh, artist. Uh, you started listening to her in a formative period of your life. Like, um, what was it like before? Like, were you already like you 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 had some minor crushes? You said, like, uh, what was little Zoe like before realizing? Oh, hey, shit! I'm full on queer. Oh, she was so, so clueless. Like she had no idea what was about to hit her. And she was so straight. But then again, she was just a little small girl who was doing everything that she thought she should be doing. Ah, <laughs> uh, and she also had a lot of uh, problems. And she had no one who really understood her, and told her why it was the way it was. Yeah, it it sounds sad, but yeah. How does it feel like referring to yourself in the third person there? Because is that something you usually do when talking about yourself in the past? I I don't think so, but um, I do feel like I am so not who I was. Like I. I uh, I was doing something the other day, and then I came, uh, came, and then I found my uh, diary from uh, when I was in secondary school, and I read it. I read what I what I wrote in it, and and <laughs> it was it was sad, but it was also like I said, clueless. I I was so clueless back then. I. I am now so much more uh, aware of who I am now and what made me the person I am. So yeah, I feel like there is a huge difference. Like I've grown so much. I've I've become someone. Do you feel like uh, there is a lot of growing yet to do, or are you like completely satisfied with? How you are? We're diving in deep. I'm sorry. If I'm crossing the line, <laughs> please let me know. But now we're on the subject. Like you, um, I can very well imagine. Like being clueless then could also mean you're still clueless about something. You just don't know yet that you're clueless. Like what's what? How would you describe your current uh, image of yourself now? Oh, that's that. That's a huge question. I know. <laughs> Uh, what I think about me now, uh, like, so like when I sit down and I ask myself like, what would the forty-year-old me think of me right now? I think she would see me as, and I, I mean, she would describe me as young, very young. I think that's it. Just, just young. I. I feel it very clearly that I am in my youth, and it is probably wasted, being wasted right now. Um, but that's fine. And I also know that I have so much more to learn, and and I will also become someone so different. I just hope that I will like who I become, and who I become will like who I am now. That's all I hope for. Are we talking 
in general or are we also talking about like gender and sexuality specifically i think in general like uh sexuality wise i don't know i mean sexuality is i personally believe sexuality is fluid some people disagreed with me on that but yeah it's a it's a journey so right. i'll leave that for you know the universe or something i'm kind of i'm very tempted to go like diving deeper into like what do you believe the universe is and what the universe has in store for you but i feel like that would be going too far um let's um let's let's turn this turn this a little bit around um Let's take this back to the music. Um, when you discovered Avril Lavigne, I'm guessing um, you were about like 14, maybe? Yeah. What were you listening to before? Given that I grew up with uh, the Disney Channel, I listened to a whole lot of Selena Gomez. Um, some Miley Cyrus, not that much. And a lot of sad music, to be honest. Some uh, Christina Perry. Yeah. I have always been to the saddest shit people could write. So if we're going to talk about our place in the universe and how happy we are with who we are, then, you know, that kind of lines up with being, let's not call it sad, let's call it introspective and melancholy. Um, Is that... Am I am I drawing comparisons between current you and eight year old, fourteen year old you now, or is that, uh, or am I, am I flying completely off the handle here? I'm not sure what you mean by that. It's like well, you're saying that you were naive uh, as a co- as a as a child, but you're giving me a vibe of being like mature and introspective and thinking about things a lot. But if you're also like listening to sad, introspective and, you know, um, and that type of music also like back in your Disney Channel days, <laughs> it sounds like not a lot of change. You just underestimated how mature and clever you were at the time. That's uh, I will consider that a compliment. So thank you. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, like I I am very, I'm also very aware that some parts of me have not changed at all. Like my taste in certain things or uh, the, pe- the, the, the type of people I'm attracted to or what makes me happy. Like certain things have not changed. I could be so much more grown and mature and self-aware and could, you know, like there's this poem that I read uh, that basically says you are an onion like there are so many layers of you and like for example there's always a layer inside you of the two year old that you were and also there's a layer of the 11 year old that that you were they will always be there yeah it's like the age years of a tree kind of sounds like yeah 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 kind of with uh, Christina Perry, and I'm not entirely sure what 
Selena Gomez's music sounded like back in 2012. But you, with you saying you're into the sad music type of stuff, is that also why you picked How You Remind Me by Avril instead of, say, Skater Boy or Girlfriend? Absolutely. There is a great sense of melancholy in How You Remind Me. I love that. Is it your favorite April track? I cannot pick my favorite. That 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 is not fair. Okay, yeah, no, that's absolutely a reasonable thing to point out. It's also like journalism 101, right? Never ask people what their favorite is, just you know, like some of their favorites, because then it's easier to pick an answer. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, we've talked about like music and queer stuff, so like, and like we already dived down deep. Um, let's give ourselves a minute to reset, have another song playing. Here's Sex With My Ex by Fletcher. I know it's been a couple months here. We should meet up. I'll meet you downstairs at the subway station. Oh. We don't gotta talk about us, how we messed it up. We could keep it light, just a conversation. No expectation. Just a one-minute walk, and it's just too. just uh the song uh sucks with my ex it reminds me of my who is now my ex i i'm going through a breakup so that name just stings a little that's all um you mentioned uh about this song that it's got very relatable lyrics how so oh my god i am i don't know if my ex is listening to this oh you could send it to um, them I, I will not, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was um, in a um, on-again, off-again relationship at that time when I discovered The Fletcher and the first song that I, um, that I heard of her was Sex With My Ex and so the lyrics was something along the line of uh, every time you call me, I pick up again and back into my feelings, back into your bed. I was there. I was that person who picked up the phone and called my ex and she was there for me. And uh, it's not just the song. It's also the story behind this. The It is a whole thing. Like uh, Fletcher was with her ex when she made this song and and also the whole ep and uh they were broken up but they stayed uh together for a while because of 
the uh, pandemic and she the ex i mean the ex was uh the like her ex basically produced the whole music videos and everything for her and fletcher was portrayed so beautiful and honest and vulnerable and just gorgeous in this and it hurts to watch to watch the videos and to know about them and to go through the breakup with them so yeah it it hits a little bit close to home have you had a lot of different types of breakups because you know if they're still together in a like at least professionally then i reckon the breakup between um fletcher and her ex like wasn't that damaging um but um i can also imagine that it's difficult to remain um remain friends with your ex or in your case ex crush as well like it's there are a whole different types of people in whole different types of situations like how um how how do you, how do you I'm, i'm 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 rambling i don't know i'm i'm just kind of running in circles around this question but um are have you experienced yeah let's just start with that have you experienced a lot of different breakups i have ended some relationships and i have ended one relationships a couple of times so yeah i've had certain breaks up yeah Why do you ask? Just wondering like how do you how do you deal with those emotions? Well, with previous breakups, I think I didn't deal with them. I I ran and so with previous previous breakups, I didn't really deal with it. There was always someone there for me. Not like someone next, but there was always someone there for me that I can count on, that can comfort me make it a little bit easier to refuse to face with all of it uh but now uh the most breakup the most recent breakup i had i'm going through it i'm facing it i think uh i mean i'm not turning to anyone i i'm not sure if i'm grieving like the way i should be but at least i'm not turning in turning to anyone So I guess that's a that's that's a step. What do you feel like dealing with bad breakups should be? Like the the healthy way to deal with breakup? I mean, you said um you you are not dealing with it in the way you think you should be dealing with it. I'm kind of wondering what you mean by that. I don't know. I expected this heart this uh this breakup to be heartbreaking and and heart-shattering. and everything but i'm going through it very silently like day by day silently it is hard but it is not you know it doesn't paralyze me the way i expected it to what is your idea of a um healthy coping coping mechanism for breakups i used to uh, believe it is to throw everything of that person away. I I I I did do that once. I used to think like when I was 16 I I thought it was to put everything of them in a box and then uh and then keep it somewhere far away. 
maybe you don't have to throw it all away, but you need to keep it somewhere out of sight. And then when I was 18, I think it was to cry the hell out and um, cry like night after night and uh, write poems about it because I cannot write songs about it. But for now, I'm not sure. I think the healthy way is to acknowledge the feelings. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I am actually acknowledging it. I just also... um want to point out like i feel like um at the beginning you said you were running away from it by looking for a comfort in the arms of a friend i don't feel like that's unhealthy though because i feel like you're just listening to what your body tells you to do and like feeling and 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 acting in a way that feels right at the time like that i, I don't know it what you were saying, what you were describing as unhealthy didn't sound unhealthy to me, but that might just be me. Um, in, if I can ask one more question about breakups um, to kind of bring it back to the point of this of this show, what's the role of music? Does music offer you comfort in difficult times? Oh, music has always been a huge part during my difficult times. My secondary school years and my high school years, a lot of it was depression and and a lot of uh, mental problems. And I remember, like, back then I had to get a new headphone every two months because I always go to bed with them in my ears and I would like lay lying on top of them and crushing them every night but I but I couldn't <laughs> oh yeah I've 100% been there yeah Thank this you. is a very relatable uh yeah I couldn't go to go to bed without music I couldn't go to school without music I couldn't wash the dishes without music it was always there it was it was a friend. What were some of the artists that you were listening to? The artist, I'm not sure I remember, but you know, there was, like I said, Selena Gomez. But her music is not the kind of music you would, like, her music is not the kind of music that would get you to your sleep. So I'm trying to remember another name. There is that song by uh, Christina Perry. What is it? It is a very depressing and dark song. It is called The Lullaby or The Lonely. Yeah, it is The Lonely. Like, it is so depressing. I remember replaying it over and over. Yeah, I. Um, it sounds like um, you do the thing people tend to do when they're like, when you're sad, you just kind of want to wallow in that sadness and then listen to sad music because, you know, to bring it back to Fletcher, like the, either the lyrics are relatable or it just matches the mood that you're in. I feel like I feel like we've we've all been there. But um, from from sad moments dealing with your emotions, you there, there there also needs to be some 
some some some light. Like after each breakup, potentially you start dating again. How do you go about dating in your in your general environment? Just dating apps, or um, like whether it's in bars, clubs, or work or university like what's the current state of queer dating in um in in vietnam and i know vietnam is like different and i bet ho chi minh city is different than hanoi um so you know um there are probably all whole bunch of nuances there but what what is the um what what's what's the current vibe from in in queer social life in where it is you are so the dating apps are there not sure they help because i have a feeling that queer women are really bad at in vietnam in hanoi the majority of them are pretty bad at like initiating conversations and maintaining conversations like one out of like 30 people i met with on her would send me a text that says hi and then i say hi back and then they would boast me <laughs> it is so sad i like my chat box on her is it is so depressing like i wouldn't even i wouldn't reach out to anyone and no one would reach out to me or is that just me oh my god what if it is just me what <laughs> what if what if, what if it is just me but like yeah that that's um that's one app uh i feel like bumble or tinder people are more active there i don't know why i don't feel like Picking up people at bars and clubs is really a thing in Hanoi. Or maybe again, it's just me who does not go out that often and does not get picked up at bars. But yeah, I feel like um, if that does happen, it would usually like come from a foreigner hanging out at the bar. Like a foreigner would approach someone, a, a local at the bar and ask them out for a smoke or a drink or something but i feel like vietnamese people or at least vietnamese queer women do not like feel very comfortable doing that to each other because like it is, it is not a common practice i think is it because you don't feel safe either i'm not sure it is it is just not I like as far as I know, it is just not a part of our social practices, and it is not a part of our our dating culture. That is all. And also for queer women in Hanoi, there are almost no places for us exclusively. No, there there are technically zero places for us exclusively. There is one, one and only one gay bar in Hanoi. And it is for gay men mostly. And then there is also this bar that uh, hosts, how do I say that, queer events uh, like a couple of times a month. But all kinds of people go there. Foreigners, uh, gay men, gay women, trans people, everyone. 
like it's 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 a great place to hang and and the atmosphere is also great but there are no place for queer women who just want a chill re- relaxing place to you know just sit there and look at other women go and and like going at their lives you know yeah and you strike me as a very um introverted but also emotional person you 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 i don't you don't strike me as the type of person who would like believe in love at first sight anyways like if you feel comfortable around someone and that's when you start falling for them maybe so i'm guessing you wouldn't be the type of person to pick up people at a bar i don't know um i'm just going i'm just riffing off of off of vibes here am i do you want my confirmation on that or are you just gonna yes yes i do i do want you i do want some kind of confirmation am how wrong am i (laughs) pretty much (laughs) I am, I am not, I, I, I do not believe in love, love at first sight, I don't. I rarely meet people who I have like good, how do I say this? I'm attracted to a lot of people, I can say that about myself, but there are not that many people who I see for the first time and just feel some kind of instant crazy chemistry, you know. That doesn't happen that often, and I do not believe it. Uh, uh, I do not believe in love at first sight. Love is love is something I have yet to understand. So yeah, and I am I am, however, introverted. I am debatably emotional, and yeah, I would not pick up people at bars. All right. Um, I guess I'm not as wrong as I could have been. Uh, I'm. I'm uh, this uh, next question ties back into what we talked about at the very tippy top of the episode, because um, I'm kind of scared to butcher the title of the next song. Do you remember which one it is, and would you do me the honors to introduce it? Uh, right. So the next song is "Con <laughs> Awesome. Let's have a listen. Vì 
em đẹp nhất Và lúc này có những điều đẹp nhất đâu mà ở đây đâu Hay lâu nay đâu thấy những điều của sau này nên thấy nhau về đôi tay năm lúc nào đâu hay Thời gian vẫn chạy không một dấu vết như thủy ngân chỉ cần Thời gian chỉ dừng lúc này thì vẫn rất hoan hỷ Nhưng các vòng sáng như rồi vì ánh mặt trời từng ngước Xem chưa kịp ước đêm mơ lại thì vạt nắng dài để đến trước Nên cùng bằng em rõ thêm em chợt mở đôi mi ước nhé yeah, Nhìn tôi thật tình tôi cũng biết phải nói gì trước em Nên thôi nằm đây nhìn nhau như thể vội vàng vội an Như thể chặn nhau trước khi trời sáng bằng đêm lùi tàn chạy tay Phải nằm lấy nhau phải hạnh phúc như ta từng là Phải sống em sẽ không như nó cô biến mất trong khu rừng già As we confirmed before, I don't speak Vietnamese. What's this song about? Um, so the song is about these two people. Um, I'm not sure they're in love, but they woke up lying on the floors and like holding hands. I feel like they wanted very much to hold on to each other and to this um, very thin thread of connection, but they just knew that time is flying by and it will probably break them apart like they both have this fear of being forgotten and walking into the unknown that is the future i feel like i i, I think all in all he did a brilliant job of illustrating what it's like to be consciously young and like have an and like um have someone close to your heart which I find deeply relatable. It's about, it is basically a, a, a love story, I think. I cannot translate the song for you, unfortunately. Because of the language nuances? Or because of like proverbs that are difficult to translate? Because it's him, as the artist. I mean, you would have to be there and to know the language and to, I like, I'm not gatekeeping or anything, but it is just my my experience with him. Like, uh, like I'm sorry, I had known about this song this song before I went to his concert, but I like I didn't think much of it. Before I went to his concert, I was super into this uh, like to 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 another song of him, but after the concert. This one gets repeated over, gets replayed over and over again. Like I feel like you just have to be there and see how sincere he was about what he wrote and about the person he he is. I think. What made this one particular song stand out? Um, not to bring up my breakups again, but. I was going through a breakup when I was at his concert and um, this song single-handedly makes me want to fall in love again. That was a magical feeling. That's so wholesome. We've talked about um, we've talked about love, we've talked about breakups, we've talked about our place in the universe. It's been too deep. It's been too deep. I feel like we know the deepest, darkest you, but don't know the everyday you. 
give us uh, give us some insight. Who, what, what does Zoe do in her everyday life? I sleep for the most part. Jesus, that's a mood. Yeah, like I can sleep for twelve to fourteen hours to sixteen hours straight. If if the world just lets me, I would. But when I'm awake, I um, I how do I say this? I am a young wannabe LGBTIQ plus activist in Vietnam, and I am currently volunteering uh, for an NGO that uh, advocates LGBTIQ plus rights, and I'm also working for a LGBT. IQ plus social app. That's that's the daily me. That's the professional me. What makes you say a wannabe activist instead of just activist? Because I feel like I haven't contributed that much. I haven't made any change. I or at least I haven't been a part of any campaigns or any teams that have actually created change and made uh, lives better for queer people. I don't think that's true. Like, just by the sheer fact of this podcast alone, I bet there's people all over the world thinking, hey, I'm not the only young queer Vietnamese person, whether that's whether they're actually living in Vietnam or in the US or in Thailand or in the UK or wherever, you know? It's bold of you to assume that they haven't like dropped out of this podcast like 20 minutes Fair. earlier that was not directed to you that was <laughs> no i'm loving your honesty you're absolutely right <laughs> bold of me to assume anyone listens at all no, no 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 i mean just this podcast and this episode like this episode of me as a guest i feel like you're underestimating yourself you're you're lovely to talk to um what is your um what is your goal when would you start calling yourself an activist instead of a wannabe activist i feel like when i like when i when i get a job that i would be able to call myself an activist when i'm in a position where i can make uh make or break decisions that sounds a little bit too ambitious isn't it huh I don't know. Is there something as too ambitious? Especially when it comes to something as queer rights? Like, come on. I think there is such thing as being over ambitious. Like, I don't know how many years I have on this earth. So, like, because of that alone, there is such a thing as over ambitiousness. I, I think, I mean, I'm volunteering right now for an important campaign, a change maker campaign. But I'm just this tiny little person who attends meeting and edits materials and translates something and like helps with events and stuff like that. Like anyone can do that. I mean, it helps with the, like, I'm not saying that my work is unimportant, but if I wasn't there, it would have been just fine. But yet here you are doing it and, you know, contributing to society. Um, 
If we're going to rephrase the question, um, like being in a make or break position is one thing. Instead of um, talking about ambitions, hopes and dreams, let's focus on the here and now. You said you're running a campaign with the uh, queer rights organization you volunteer for. What's this, what's this organization and what do you do? I am volunteering for this organization in Vietnam called ICAT Center. Uh, its mission is to empower Vietnamese LGBTI plus community and advocates for their rights. Um, the campaign that I am very grateful to be a part of is uh, a campaign that aims at the legalization of same-sex marriage in Vietnam. Awesome. I'm not doing much. Yeah, I'm not doing much for it, but I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Like, just to be there and witness it. Like, If people want to know more about this campaign, do you have like a website or a Twitter page to send them to? I can put it in the show notes. Oh, yes. Uh, please. Uh, I have the Facebook page. Uh, we are... We are still working on the website but there's uh i can send you the facebook page right. later and awesome um before we sign off there is one more song to play um director by the devil's sway why did you select that one as your recent discovery uh it somehow landed in my light song playlist on spotify and it is and it's just a great song. I wish I have a, a more interesting story for you, but I don't. <laughs> what did you what do you like about this song? It makes uh I don't dance. I'm too self-conscious for that. Like I don't dance in front of people. I don't dance in front of my ex-partner, like my closest friend, I, I don't, I'm just, I don't dance when I'm on my own, I'm too self-conscious. I can picture my or other people's dance moves when I listen to this song. I can see it in my head, but I will not act it out. But I can see it and I can feel it. It's, it's great. I'm, I'm loving how the circle's back around again, because you know, we started talking about your musical development from a Disney Channel, uh, Selena Gomez era, and here we are with the ultimate high school musical classic, I Don't Dance. Um, but yeah, no, let's let's have a listen. Um, Zoe, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm very grateful you were so uh, open and honest about everything uh you're wonderful and you're you're incredibly modest and please i i hope i i, I hope you'll get the appreciation you deserve uh least from you out there listening to this podcast go check out the amazing work uh ics center does and um tell tell a friend about the show tell more people about how awesome zoe and ics is um uh, if you do, I will be I will be incredibly grateful. Uh, you can give us a shout out on the Twitters. That's at Queer Sounds Pod. Um, we use the same handle on Instagram and 
Tumblr. Once again, that's at Queer Sounds Pod. If you've got an extra euro or dollar or a pound or whatever, um, you can send it our way if you feel so inclined. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash queer sounds and, you know, pick one of the wonderful, wonderful tiers for your patronage where you can, you know, get access to the Queer Sounds Discord. You can uh, you can get some lovely stickers. We have a album of the week thing. That's always a lot of fun. Uh, oh, you can you can even overrule my guests by deciding what to play on the show if you feel so inclined. Um, and you know, of course, as always, thank you so so much for listening. And once again, Zoe, thank you for coming on the show. Here's director by the Devil Sway. Suffer!